Well, thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in our love of the Lord together. I'm Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. Uh, We have a topic that came up really very sort of organically in a way. Uh, Pam was speaking to someone in in her work life that was really um, struggling kind of with the idea of perfectionism. And then in my life as a spiritual director, I had two directees that were also, you know, um, struggling in this area a little bit as well. So it just kind of came, you know, up that it converged and and we thought it was, this is a really great topic to discuss because I just think it is something um, that is very common that people can struggle with. And there's a lot to get at. Um, What is perfectionism versus just striving to be excellent excellent in, mm-hmm. in all we can be because we're we're called to be holy we're called to strive for excellence i mean who hasn't been uh, a little bit uh, just overwhelmed you know when we read the scripture when christ says be perfect as the heavenly father is perfect and you're like okay Ouch. well mm-hmm. i guess that's what i'm meant to be trying right. to do or that that somehow that that's an attainable uh reality that you could become perfect so we're going to try to unpack that a bit today talk about the ways that um that can be done in a way that's holy in a right. way that's reasonable. And, uh, so it's interesting, too, to add on to how this kind of like crescendoed for me as a topic for us to discuss is Paul and I were doing um, the book um, by, it was like 40 Days to Freedom, and it was by Altman, Heilman, and Peckman. Mm-hmm. And it said, you know, the 40 ways the devil tries to ensnare us. And in one of those 40 days was perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Because how much does it make people lose their peace when they're not getting it perfect? Right. So much. Yeah. Well, and I think what that comes at is this idea of what what is perfect but what is the motivation for trying to be perfect? I think really the yes. motivation often is the thing that really gets people off the rails. Exactly, because it's rooted in pride and personal identity. Right, absolutely. Yeah, because um, it could be vanity. It could be. Because you want to look good. You want to be perceived in a certain way. That's, That's right. for certain. Uh, but I also think that it, the, the even broader sense of it is an understanding that you have more control than you actually do. Yes. You know, that you, the way that you behave, the, the things that you can affect are up to you and you are the person completely in charge of the outcome of things. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. No. You know, I'm really hoping and saying a little prayer, the Holy Spirit will guide us that people will have a little bit of tools to recognize when they're falling into that snare of perfectionism and knowing that's not where God wants them because it really pierces their peace. He does want them to strive for excellence, but where's those lines? And I'm hoping the show today is going to give our listeners some tools to just recognize that's what they're doing and stop and say a prayer perhaps. Right. And also, you know, so much of this program, this podcast is ordered towards relationships. And when someone is struggling with perfectionism, it does deeply impact the relationships that they're in because what often goes hand in hand with, with a, a disordered striving for perfection is that in order to strive for perfection, 
<laughs> you have to have a sense of what's perfect, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes when people are in a disordered way striving for perfection, they get a very concrete view of what perfect looks like. And then when other people don't match up to what their view of yes. perfect is, it can cause a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. Or you can be so tuned into this, I've got to get this right, that you can really ignore a lot of the other things in your life that God really would desire you to attend to. I mean, the, the, one of the, a good example of this in a way is like, so say, say somebody, you know, they really want to grow in their prayer life. They, they've decided they're going to commit more time to prayer and they just, they want to kill it. They want to, they want to <laughs> own prayer, right? They want to become a spiritual expert prayer prayer. So they decide, you know what? I just need to be at church all the time. I need I because only the only good prayer is the prayer that's happening in front of the tabernacle. Right. So I need to be yeah. there all the time, and I'm going to be there all the time because I'm going to be the best ever prayer. And that's putting God first, right? right? And it's yeah. putting God first. Yeah. You know, of, how could that be wrong? And then <laughs> so then they do that, and they start spending all this time at church, and then all of a sudden, all these other things in their life that really are their their vocation and thing God's truly wants them to attend to is starting to become... Megan, are you telling secrets on me? I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, that's the thing where it can get so caught up in you may be pursuing a good, that's right. but the manner in which you're pursuing it and the end to which you're pursuing it are disordered. Because if we're, say something as holy as I want to grow in prayer, if it becomes this idea of I want to be like exceptional. I want to excel. I want to be the best at prayer. Right. And who was that just centered on? Exactly. I, yeah. It's not centered around the Lord. Right. And so that's how we can, I think so often turn in on ourselves and our concept of what it is to be perfect instead of asking the Lord, how are you calling me to live to out grow. any, anything mm -hmm. in my life, you know, mm -hmm. very God ordered versus I ordered um, and perfectionism in a disordered sense always is ordered towards the I and not towards the him. Right. So I what I have seen when this came up in my daily life and my job and what I do is I was talking about you just I teach. OK, so I was teaching a concept and the young woman literally started to be overwrought with some anxiety. You know, I could see she was slightly shaking. Her, her face became flush. And I just said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, you know. And we, we stopped and we took a moment to talk about the Lord and what he wants and how he doesn't want her falling into that complete, you know, that anxiousness. Mm -hmm. I mean, sweaty and anxious. And so my friends, if you find yourself striving for your excellence and it really pierces a lot of peace and it throws you into anxiety and discomfort, like having a physical effect on you, you might be slipping into perfectionism. So just be aware of that. Right. I do think that anytime our, we find that our peace is being challenged or stolen, um, that is a really important place to examine. It's not just a matter of saying, okay, well, my peace is being stolen, so maybe I should just not do this. It's really important to say, okay, why? Mm -hmm. Why did this cause me to lose my peace? And so, you know, if it comes at this idea of, 
okay, well, my peace was stolen because in this circumstance, uh, I felt concerned that I was going to get things wrong, that I wasn't going to do it right. Okay. Don't just stop there. Go deeper. Okay. What gave you that concern? Was it some sense of a lack of ability or worth within you that that you could be successful in this area? Or was it fear of a consequence that right. if for some reason you didn't do it exactly how you thought it should be done, that there'd be judgment from someone else or that you would judge yourself harshly? So you kind of got to you know, peel back the layers right. and try to come to the understanding of why was my piece stolen? What was it that caused it? it? And then get at those things. Because so often what you find is when you do that, when you peel back those layers, you'll get to the heart of the matter, which is usually some lie that you've come to believe about yourself or Mm -hmm. the way God works. And those are the things that are ultimately the places that you want to really invite the Lord into for healing. Right. Just to add to that, it, it is also what are you putting at the center of that moment? Was it yourself? Was it the desire of human respect? So those are the two biggest things, like I need to be perfect or I want to look really good. Mm-hmm. So you're putting other people or yourself at the center of that moment and not our sweet Lord. Absolutely. And it's also sometimes a matter of even if, you know, Lord is very much a part of it for you, there can be this misunderstanding of the Lord where he, you start thinking, okay, unless I do this just in a certain way, the Lord will not be pleased with me. The Lord will not love me. I will not be a a worthwhile Christian if I don't fulfill this task in, in a certain mm-hmm. way. And and the, those things, they really get at this, a false understanding of who God is. He's not this like judge who's just standing there, like going to give you, okay, well I give you a score of seven on that. And that's not adequate for you to be considered my good servant. Mm. It's, he's, you know, he's not like the Russian judge in the figure skating competition. <laughs> is that is that an old reference? Like, yes. Yeah, right. Because, it, you know, but, you know, back in the day, you know, it used to be like they, you know, they'd give the bad score. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's not like that. He's on our side. He is our Absolutely. cheerleader more than our judge. He desires us to grow in perfection and he wants to help us to grow in perfection. But he can't do that. If we don't let him into it with the understanding that it is ultimately his grace that performs the good in us, mm-hmm. you know, I can do nothing without Christ, but through Christ, all things are possible, right? So if we start focusing so much on our own abilities, our own ideas, our own intentions, and think that we're going to do anything perfect or even good, we are not thinking properly. Yes, mistaken. Right. And so the question then becomes, how do you bring Christ into every action instead of trying to say, I need to do this in order to look a certain way or consider myself to be lovable or anything? It's that question of how do we really invite the Lord 
into these things that we want to strive for. I think right. striving mm. is a beautiful word, right? right? Because striving doesn't say I'm going to achieve one particular thing. That's that's the goal. The you goal know, is to grow, to be better, to to become more perfect. Right. For me, the word is desire. I desire to grow in my prayer life, you know, and and so God looks on our desires when they are beautiful and he delights just in that desire. So striving or desire, right. however that really resonates with you. But, you know, Meg, I want to make kind of a qualifier here. I want to say that there is so much uh, clinical anxiety that is really physically oriented. Mm -hmm. So I want to really separate that from that emotional anxiety that call, comes from perfectionism, because I've seen very much so that, you know, for whatever reason, I like to, th I, I tend to think that it is, a, it's like a lot of vitamin deficiencies. We're just not getting what we need from our food anymore. And it's causing a higher level of anxiety. So I want to put those in two categories. One is really a physiological one and one is part of a, a psychological. Right. But they also, you know, we are physical and spiritual beings that are, you know, a composite that can't really be separated. So it certainly can be the case that those two things can work in concert. Right. You know, certainly I have seen in life as a person who was trained in medicine that your emotional state can strongly impact oh, your yeah. physical state. Right. <laughs> Big time. Really, especially as it relates to like gut health and all that sort of thing. Oh, so such a big that. deal. Mm -hmm. But then it can also go the opposite direction. If your body is not feeling in a way that's peaceful or whatever, that can inform your mind because your mind is always trying to create connections and try to understand your reality. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if your physical state is in a place that's not um, properly ordered, then you will also tend to have issues as it relates to your psychological and emotional state because your mind will try to fill in an understanding of why it is your your body is feeling a certain way. So they, they are just all so intertwined. Um, and, you know, it just gets that, you know, we had a whole show once on being an integrated human being, and, right. and that's something that we always have to remember, that we can't isolate aspects of who we are as a human being um, and think that things are going to go well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but, you know, getting back to this idea of how do we separate a disordered um, pursuit of perfectionism versus a properly ordered striving for excellence? So what do you want to go with first? We could either talk about the scenarios that get you into the bad place, or we could talk about the scenarios that move you toward the good place. Good place. Absolutely. Start with a good place. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's uh, talk about the goal. I and mean, this is what it looks like when you're striving for excellence, you know, and its fruits. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, when we say excellence, that can even be something that needs to be parsed out, mm -hmm. right? Because there's what the world sees as excellence and there's what the what god sees as excellence right mm -hmm. and you know so often in the bible we have these examples that talks about you know the 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 rich or the the powerful or whatever they receive their reward on earth but that is a temporal passing thing mm -hmm. and that it is those spiritual excellence the holiness that really has the ultimate eternal 
benefit. And so that's more the, the excellence that we're talking about. Not like, you know, oh, I want to become, you know, the top of my class if you're a student, or I want to become CEO of my company or all these sort of things, or, or which are not bad one athlete. Yeah. yeah, they aren't bad things, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they aren't the be all and end all of what we're supposed to be ordered towards in life as Christians. And maybe God is calling you to be you know, a leader in a certain area within the temporal realm, but why? He's not calling you into that so that you can, you know, heap accolades onto yourself or have a whole bunch of human respect or something. He might be calling you into that so you can glorify him through that and draw other people to Christ. Right. So that's kind of when I think about what does it mean to strive for excellence as a Christian, the way I think about it is how can I more fully reflect Christ in the unique way that he has created me to do so? Yes. Because the way I think about it is that each individual has a very particular way of being a representation of God because we're all made in God's image. Right. But you know, someone may reflect one particular part of God more brightly, more beautifully. And then another person, another aspect of God so that for us to have the fullest image of God through humanity, we all need to be displaying as purely and as beautifully our particular ray right with the charisms like if if you're Absolutely. familiar with the charisms that god gave you that was a real game changer for me because it it helped me to stop focusing on things i wanted to be like like i was really drawn to oh i just love i'm so i so so much respect to my friends that have that administrative gift mm-hmm. where they get those details just perfectly right they can organize an event and just get everything perfect that's not me. I love that, but it helped me to let go of that because I liked it and wanted it, but that wasn't where I was. So when striving for excellence for me, like for in my job is like as a mother, as a fertility care practitioner, it's that attention to detail also um, and doing it in a way that does glorify God, that brings goodness to my workplace, my home life, those kind of things. Working with the gifts that God gave me, that's very important because when you're you're steeped in working with the gifts that God gave you, you're going to reach the excellence with his grace. Absolutely. Because, you know, the sad reality about human nature is that we often tend to have greater respect for things that we're not good at. Because thing, when things come more naturally to us, we're like, well, that's no big deal. That's easy. I really pre, you know, respect and think is amazing that stuff over there that it's hard for me. That's right. And so what can then happen is in that you feel like you devalue the things that God has actually gifted you in. And then you place too much value on the things that he's given gifts to other people in. And then you try to work towards those areas, which God never intended you to be a leader in, or they are not the way that he intended to reflect himself through you in. And then you're working at cross purposes. Right. It's almost like that salmon swimming upstream. Yeah. And it really does in the end sometimes get down to, 
identity mm-hmm. and you're really embracing what God has placed in you as a gift. And instead of saying, oh, no, Lord, I don't really like this gift you've gave, given me, or I don't think this gift is very valuable. I want that gift over there. Well, what does that say to the giver? Mm-hmm. I mean, just think in your so own well human, yeah. yeah, it's thinking your own human existence. Like if if somebody gives you a gift and you look at and they like really picked it out for you, they spent time, they really thought about who you are and what would speak to your heart and everything, and then they gave you this gift and you look at it and you're like, uh, well, thanks, but man, I really would have liked that thing over there. That is not speak love to the giver. And so often in our own lives, we don't speak love to the giver that is God when we devalue the gifts that he's given us. He wants us not only to recognize that he has given us gifts, he wants us to appreciate those gifts and use them. Because ultimately any gift or charism that the Lord gives to a person as an individual, it's not for their own sanctification only, but also for the building of the church. Preach. Right. Because we are here on a mission. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. As Christians, we have a job and Mm -hmm. that job is to help bring as many souls to Christ as possible. And these gifts that he's given us, these charisms that he's calling us to strive in excellence towards are meant to in the best, most beautiful possible way to accomplish that job that he's given us. Absolutely. Beautiful. So that, in my mind, is really the striving striving for excellence. It's like, Lord, okay, help me do a couple things first. Help me know the gifts that you've given me. Because so often we are even just blind to them. Because we've so devalued the idea that they're even a gift or or worthwhile or valuable that we don't even recognize that they're there. Mm -hmm. Right? And so... Lord, help me see the gifts that you've given me. Open my eyes, open my heart for the truth of myself, right? right? And there's some beautiful ways that you can go about doing this. And I think the Lord often uses other people to reveal these to you. So true. Right? So true, yeah. And so that's a way that you can bring in your friendships, especially those people who you really trust and acknowledge that they do have a heart for the Lord and do seek to understand things through his eyes. And you can even just ask, you know, a friend, just be like, look, you know, I'm not looking for you to just feed my ego or anything like this. I just really, really want to come to a deeper understanding of the way God has placed gifts in my life so that I can glorify him more fully through it. And then you ask that person, what do you see in me? Yeah, so you're talking about that quality spiritual friendship. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I love it. And so, you know, you go to that friend and you say, like, you know, I really, really want to know more fully how God uses me to bless others. So can you maybe tell me how you've seen God work through me in our friendship so that I can understand better some of the gifts he may have given me? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll you'll find out things that, like, Really, really may surprise you because I think just as God has given us gifts so that we can build and serve the church, the enemy hates those gifts. He hates them so much because he knows exactly why God gave them to you. And he, what he, the reason God gave them to you is totally against his purpose, which is to steal as many souls away from God. Mm-hmm. So he will attack us at our gifts 
So the very thing that God has given us to glorify him and help him, you know, win souls, the enemy comes in when we'll tell you bad things about them to the point where your gifts now become your stumbling block. Mm-hmm. Like a blessing and a curse tied together. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is something I've experienced in my own life. I've seen in my friend's lives, you know, and where it's like, you know, this person may say, for example, you know, someone says to me, you know, it just seems like every time, you know, I get engaged this, you know, t- way of being or whatever, I'm just off. You know, it doesn't bless people. It's, I'm, it's such a, you know, I, I, I'm never get it right or whatever. And then you could be over here being like, oh my gosh, that is the most beautiful thing about you. Like, I love it when, when you're acting in that, right. I see God working in you so profoundly and that another person, they may not even see it. They may see it totally the opposite way because the enemy has gotten in there and whispered his lies. So true. So let's now we've kind of framed a lot about what striving for excellence looks like, knowing mm-hmm. your charisms that God gave you, and that's, that is a, a process, too. One of the best resources I know of is the Catherine of Siena Institute. Right. Yeah, that's um, great. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. Catherine of Siena Institute, um, the charisms God gave you. Look into it because that's really a game changer. It kind of tweaks things a bit mm-hmm. to help find where your gifts are. And so you're striving for excellence has a lot of peace and joy. That was a really beautiful thing about um, what I learned from that course was... When you can do something in repetition at, over time, like in my case, what I do with fertility care, do over and over again, I can say the same thing and do the same thing. And not only do I never tire of it, I get joy from right. it. And that that's a, a real sign. great sign. It yes. is a good sign. So it's those things that fill you with joy and energy that is really part of the sign that God has given you this gift. So be look out for those kinds of things when we're striving for excellence. Right. And if you are doing things where you find it's stealing your peace, you're not feeling joy, it's, it's draining you of energy. Well, Rethink consider it. <laughs> the possibility that God is not calling you to that and has not gifted you in that area. Yep. And then so true. be okay with that let it go you don't have to be the best at everything god is not going to use you in every way guess what okay let's say saint thomas aquinas i'll I'll, I'll lift him up as like literally probably one of the most brilliant human beings that ever walked the earth and he excelled in sharing the truths of the faith through reason and intellect and all sorts of things right exactly Guess what? God never used him to be a loving father to a child because that's not where God called him. It's okay not to be everything because you know what? You're never, ever going to be everything and God's not asking us to be everything. So that idea of being okay that you don't excel in areas or that you're not even called to serve in areas will really help put aside this perfectionism thing because perfectionism says I need to do all things and be all things to all people. And 
it's just a lie. Right, right. From the giver of lies, right? Yes. It is the tempter that will sit there and try and ensnare you into this idea of perfectionism because that causes more angst in you and it pierces your peace and it distracts you and it takes you away. So just be aware of all those symptoms because then you go, oh, I see what's going on here and I'm going to stop that. Sure. And it is. It's very much intended to be a distraction from doing the things that God really wants to use you for. But it also does perhaps the most terrible thing, which is it gives him the opportunity to time and time again tell you you will never be enough. Mm. That you will fail again and again and again, and you are less than. And when you keep hearing that voice time and time again, I don't care how strong of a person you are, you'll start to believe it. That's so true. And that will take you away from the Lord because just like in the Garden of Eden, you will want to hide in your shame because you will feel that you are not worthy of his love. Don't buy that lie. Don't buy it and don't give him the opportunity to keep saying it because that's what perfectionism does. It opens you up to that lie, which ultimately is the lie that will draw you away from the Lord instead of calling you into more profound, more joyful service of the Lord. So true. So that was I think that, we'll that, end on that. I'm so thankful we got to do this show, Megan. It just really, I think is needed. So my brothers and sisters, just take note. Perfectionism drives you into a darker place. Striving for excellence brings you joy and energy. And the next show we're going to talk about is actually kind of related to this. Mm-hmm. It's something that I think is becoming increasingly maybe a problem, um, which is scrupulosity. And we will talk about what that is and uh, the different ways it manifests itself and how to combat it in our next program. So we hope you'll join us for that. And until then, we thank you so much for walking shoulder to shoulder with us. If this episode has blessed you or you think that someone else could be blessed by it, we ask you to please share it um, so that uh, God can just work through it and in it as much as possible. And uh, we thank you again for tuning in and until next time, God bless. God bless.